This week on Bankadelic, Jason Hendricks, the CEO of the Alloy Labs Alliance and a fintech leader, helps us answer this question. Now that the coronavirus has infected the financial services industry, what do we do next? From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, episode number one. Here we go. I'm Lou Carlozo, your host. And for those of you who listened to me on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast, thank you so much. To those of you who are new listeners, well, brace yourselves. It's going to be a wonderful flight in the weeks ahead. I'm really grateful to the William Mills Agency, the sponsors of Bankadelic. I'm also dedicating this episode one to James Grady, producer extraordinaire. Together at the Banking Strategies podcast, we created a juggernaut that netted 120,000 listens. And James was there day in and day out, booking guests, making sure the trains run on time and much, much more. James, here's to you. As for this first episode, the coronavirus has swept America like nothing I've experienced in my lifetime. And if you haven't been touched by the health aspect of this virus, and let's hope that's the case, you've certainly felt the financial brunt. Right now, as of this taping, $1.3 trillion in aid fast-tracking through Congress, a monumental amount of money. Just think, it took a pandemic to get both sides of Congress to work together in harmony and quickly. Now, in future weeks, we hope to have a lot of fun on this podcast. This week, just want to concentrate on what the pandemic has meant for banks and will mean as banks try to get their messages on point online and communicated to customers. This episode of Bankadelic was taped at Reprise Coffee Roasters in suburban Chicago, Winnetka, Illinois. If I tried to go back there today, the coffee shops in Chicago are all closed except for takeout orders. Enjoy this first episode of Bankadelic, and thanks for tuning in. For our first ever guest on the podcast, we have a veteran from my previous Banking Strategies podcast, Jason Hendricks. Jason is now the CEO of Alloy Labs Alliance, a consortium of leading community banks working together to drive innovation and adopt new technology. Now get this, by combined assets, the Alliance is a top 25 bank in the U.S. How about that? Jason, thank you for making the time in a very busy schedule. Thanks, and thanks for having me. Good to be chatting again. Yeah, this whole becoming a top 25 bank was purely accidental. It's interesting. You know, our heart and focus is really around community banking. And we had missed just actually how large we had grown and the level of reach we actually have across the country now, which is pretty interesting to see. Interesting. And I have to say impressive. So hats off to you. And we're reaching out, of course, because you are a person who is a cool head that prevails in all sorts of (laughs) times of challenge. And the coronavirus couldn't be a hotter topic, not just in terms of 
world news, but financial news. So I'm going to run a couple of stats by you. Some of these you know already. This is as of today, March 10th. The number of coronavirus cases in the world, 113,000. And deaths worldwide, 4,000 plus. That's according to CNN. Number of cases in the U.S., 423. Coronavirus deaths in the U.S., 19. That's according to the CDC. And the big figure, as far as we're concerned on this podcast, the Dow is down 18% since February 21st. But here's what you're not hearing. 50,000 people have recovered from the coronavirus worldwide, according to Johns Hopkins. And that's also the case in the U.S. People who get sick will recover, according to studies by Harvard. So i got to ask you, Jason, are we overreacting here? Are we properly preparing as an industry? Or is it maybe a little bit of both? I will gladly play a lawyer and sometimes regulator and definitely a compliance person on TV Epidemiologist, I will not play, and we'll leave part of that to the experts. But here's what I do know, and when I lean back on the military training, having spent time at the military academy, and what does well in crisis, and maybe has spent the most time in crisis management, having been a multi-time startup founder, is you know whether we're over or underreacting. What we do know today is the spread of information is happening faster than the true data we have that's underlying it. So to say, you know, is this more or less contagious, more or less fatal than the flu? I don't know that we actually know, but what we do know is financial services are an essential function and can't just go on holiday. Businesses, big businesses down to consumers depend on them And unfortunately, the digital transformation has not gone far enough yet that we can do without human contact yet. And so that has a multi-tiered impact as concern raises, as people try and figure out what new normal is, what the data will eventually show in terms of how we understand the coronavirus. We just do know that it's spreading very quickly right now. And I love this sense. We talked about this off the air. we got to get you on YouTube somewhere (laughs) to preach this message. It's no time to panic, but it's time to prepare. And you see three broad themes when thinking about preparation at this stage. Share that with us. Our banks, and we're 40-plus banks as members of the alliance, they don't just view innovation that we talk about as new technology. We talk about how do we need to be really better serving our customers. And part of that even includes in a moment, you know, like this with a widespread panic, communication and preparation is absolutely key. And the three themes we talk about is, how do we work first and foremost with our employees? How do we also then think about branches in the physical places that our customers need to interact And last, there's a longer-term piece on the business disruption, particularly with our lending clients. We are, by and large, community banks that are bread and butter, and those we serve are small and local businesses that could potentially be particularly hard hit. And so we think about those three broad areas where we need to focus on our preparation and our communication. And it seems like there's an opportunity here, right? If banks and financial institutions can effectively communicate that they care, 
that they care about consumers, that they care about this condition, and that they're there to help could be a tremendous way of reaching out and getting that word of, again, we care out to people. Yeah. You know, Jill Castilla of Citizen of Edmond, one of our founders, is out on Twitter right now doing exactly that. She's actually posted her cell phone number. In Oklahoma, they're dealing with the double whammy right now of the coronavirus, the impact that's had on the markets. But they are also in a major oil producing region that the you know recent price war related to oil is causing a lot of issues. And the message Jill is sending out very clearly is don't panic. We're here and we're here to partner with you. And I think that's why community banking is so important in that bedrock that it isn't just about the technology. It is what you communicate. Now, I do think that when we talk about communication broadly, this isn't about platitudes. It needs to be backed up with the action. This is not the time to say, hey, we're the community bank, we care. The bank needs to be thoughtful about what does caring actually mean? And I think one of the most important things in caring is actually being proactive. A vacuum does nothing but incite panic. And that's not what we need at all. We really need people being thoughtful about what the future could bring and how do we prepare for that. Now, every bank has a business continuity plan and in that is a communication plan. And you know, I can tell you, having worked with the banking a long time, they are not tested all that often or if they are, they're not always thought about in the, oh, how do we deal with something like the coronavirus? And so I think the first thing that banks really need to be thinking about is, what are we going to communicate? How are we communicating it? Letting people know, how is future communication going to be delivered, right? Uncertainty is the enemy right here. And so at least allowing people when we can't have false certainty about what's going to happen, what we do need to be able to broadcast is here's the process we're going to approach. Wow. It's really a fantastic summary when you talk about that. You also mentioned Jill Castilla from Citizens Bank of Edmond. She's going to be an upcoming guest on Bankadelic, by the way. Let's say that someone, even from outside your consortium, comes in and they're like, Jason, we hear you. We want to do this, but we have absolutely no idea where to start. How do you get them off of the ledge? What do you tell them? What's the first thing they have to do? Well, I think the first thing is actually to sit down and start drawing out what are all the possible states of the world and what would you do in each one of those. And I think there's a couple of these that we need to be thoughtful of for employees and actually for our customers. It is probably for most locations a matter of when, not if that there will be a known coronavirus case in their region. Now, that doesn't mean everyone is going to get it or fatalities are necessarily going to follow, but you know that is a pretty big watershed moment that people need to prepare for. So thinking in advance, what are we going to communicate then when there's a known case in our local geography? Then what happens if there's a known case within the bank? Someone has it. We're unfortunately in the middle of spring break season. People have gone on cruises. They've gone to impacted areas. So what happens if there is a known case within our bank? 
And what happens when there's a known case, maybe not within the bank, but one of the customers who has been in that now there is the potential this has come into the bank? How are we going to address each one of those things? I would also say banks that really want to put muscle behind being proactive and ready should also start to think about which of our types of businesses that we bank today are most likely to be particularly hard hit. Now, Jill knows this because the oil and gas industry is so prevalent, but if you're a community bank and you look at who your depositors are and who your borrowers are, who is actually probably at the greatest risk of being impacted by this? You can look at some of the analogies from the California wildfires. Montecito Bank and Trust did a phenomenal job in the midst of this when they realized people were being evacuated. Guess what? If your customers are being evacuated, the customers of your customers are literally gone, they are not likely to be seeing their business thrive right then. Whether they're a borrower or a depositor, how are you going to approach and what are you going to do to better serve them? Those are the things to be thinking about in advance. The wrong time to be making any sort of decision is when you actually are faced immediately with the decision. That's the wrong time for the analysis. We want to be proactive, not reactive. Reactive causes a lot of scrambling. That is fantastic advice that they can implement right now before things get worse. Anything else you want to add? Well, I think the next piece, maybe the most important, while we say don't panic, that doesn't mean don't prepare. And also don't have false certainty around where this is going. Even the leading epidemiologists, the Center for Disease Control and others, some of the smartest minds out there are not so intellectually arrogant that they're going to say they know exactly how this is going to unfold, or at least they shouldn't be. We should actually have that same flexibility and understand there's lots of different ways that this might actually play out, we need to be adaptive and responsive to the data in order to make sure that we're delivering the best for our customers, keeping our employees safe and protecting the safety and soundness of the financial system here. And the last piece of data that I'll share with you and the listeners, number of hand sanitizer bottles at my local mega supermarket, none. It's sold out. Did you get your hands on any hand sanitizer yet? Well, you know, we still have small children, so we buy hand sanitizer by the gallon. And maybe the best piece of advice that I have seen was put out by the state of Texas said, you should all be washing your hands as if you just sliced a a mess of jalapenos and are preparing to put your contacts back in. I forgot about the jalapenos with the contact lenses. You should see my eyes. <laughs> well, it was the number one reason I got LASIK is my love of cooking with jalapenos, right? But uh, for me, that really drove it home. Yes, I now understand how thoroughly you would like me to scrub my hands. Jason, thank you so much. Guest numero uno on the Bankadelic podcast. You were such a good guest and a good sport. Thank you for making the time. Thanks very much for having me. Good luck on the new podcast. Jason Hendricks is the CEO of Alloy Labs Alliance. That's a consortium of leading community banks. You can look for Jason on LinkedIn. So what did we learn today? In his own words, here's Jason Hendricks with three Three bullet bullet points. points. 
number one. Banks that really want to put muscle behind being proactive and ready should also start to think about which of our types of businesses that we bank today are most likely to be particularly hard hit. Number two. One of the most important things in caring is actually being proactive. A vacuum does nothing but incite panic. We really need people being thoughtful about what the future could bring and how do we prepare for that. Number three. Sit down and start drawing out what are all the possible states of the world and what would you do in each one of those. The wrong time to be making any sort of decision is when you actually are faced immediately with the decision. That's the wrong time for the analysis. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. And now a segment that I'd like to call, in fact, I'm going to call Lose Views, where I try to put the topic of each week's podcast in perspective. And insofar as the coronavirus, the phrase du jour, social distancing, right? We keep six feet away from everybody around us. We're not supposed to hug. And I get that, except I would advise you to break the rules in one instance. Hug your kids when they're scared. Hug your spouse when they need reassurance. Hug your significant other when the cabin fever gets to be a little bit too much. So while you're stockpiling toilet paper, don't forget to break into that stockpile of hugs and affection for those who need it the most right now. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. You can catch me on LinkedIn. You won't catch me at the gym. I'm Lou Carloso. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.